attentive. Brethren, we who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good to edify him. For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached thee fell on me. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that by steadfastness and by the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. May the God of steadfastness and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome one another therefore as Christ has welcomed you the glory of God. Peace be to you, the reader. Proclaims the gospel. 
name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. On Tuesday, we celebrate one of the great feasts of the church. It's the Feast of the Transfiguration of our Lord on Mount Tabor. If you recall this from three out of the four Gospels, describing how our Lord went up to Mount Tabor, and there He was transfigured, the glory of the Lord was shown, the, uh, the prophets and the patriarchs, Moses and Elijah, were represented there. And the apostles were overwhelmed. They fell to the ground. But they were also filled with great joy. Because the disciples, as St. Peter says, Master, it is good for us to be here. So even though it was a startling, confounding experience, it was deeply good and deeply joyful. And St. Peter didn't want to leave. He said, let us build tabernacles here. As in, let's just stay here because this is a holy place. They were filled with God's grace and bathing in His light. The Transfiguration is not just a feast of the Lord, but it is a revelation of the experience of God. In the writings of our saints, we see the Transfiguration described as that experience that each of us can have. We each can have the experience of God, of the divine and uncreated light. Of course, this is something that's very high spiritually. And many of us get little glimmers of this, but perhaps not the fullness of it. But still, the Feast of the Transfiguration is a remembrance that that experience of the Apostles can happen to each and every one of us. We each have access to God's divine energies, to God's grace. The uncreated light was uh, spoken about especially by St. Gregory Palamas who described the divine energies of God, which I won't go into today. That would be a whole dissertation. But many of our saints have experienced that. We read even of our recent saints where a, a, a fellow monk of theirs was going to visit them in the evening and they come into their cell and it's just filled with light. And so we see that even today the saints experience this great light. What we see in all of this is that God is generous. God is generous. What do I mean by that? That He is always giving us more. And He's not just giving us His grace from Himself directly, but also through His saints and especially also through His Holy Mother. In the Paraclesis service, which we're praying at this time, this season, we hear how God's light is transmitted not only from God Himself, but from His saints and from His Mother. They, one of the hymns say, Dissipate the clouds of my sinfulness, O Bride of God, with the brightness of Your eminence. For You brought forth the divine light, which was before all time. God's Mother is such a fervent intercessor on our behalf. Think about it. God has a mother. God who is pre-eternal, meaning He has no beginning. There's no starting point to God. And yet He has a mother. How do we know this? How do we see... What do we see through this? We see our Lord's humility. Because even though He was the pre-eternal God, He humbled Himself to be inside of a womb. And thus he has a mother, a mother who nursed him, who fed him, who taught him how to talk, who taught him how to walk. 
Jesus, who sits in glory, is still fully human and still fully human by his mother. And he still has his mother with him. And he's still clothed in the humanity which the Panagia gave him. Who could be a greater intercessor on our behalf than God's mother? Who could? In the Paraclesis, she's described as the hope of the hopeless, a wall of refuge, the door of repentance, a tower of safety, a fountain of pureness, an aid in affliction, a steadfast shelter and refuge, a treasure of salvation. For those of us who are newer to the faith, these words may seem hard. Some Christians have been raised in an environment that's so averse to God's mother that words are never spoken about her. But we have to recognize that this aversion to the Theotokos is something that is foreign to the church, to the practice of two millennia of Christians. For those of us who come from a Protestant background, we're estranged from God's mother. We can't deny the reality of God's mother, but we just have never really experienced it. And in Orthodoxy, this is something that we're coming back to this realization. Because there is a family in the body of Christ, and that family includes his brothers and sisters, all of the saints who are around us on the walls, and his mother. This is his family. And as we draw near to him, we also draw near to his family. Thus, all the more we need the service of the paraclesis so that we can return to a right understanding of the mother of God. In the Paraclesis service, we say repeatedly, Most Holy Theotokos, save us. Again, a phrase that might be hard for some. But what this means is that our salvation was inaugurated by her. Just as Adam and Eve were the cause of our fall, and we all experience the outcome of the fall of Adam and Eve, we all experience salvation which was brought about by her word, by her ascent. The opposite of Eve in turning away from God, she turned towards God. And thus again, in the Paraclesis service, it says, By a word she brought to us the word eternal. It was her ascent, her yes to our Lord, that brought about our salvation. Thus we say, Most Holy Theotokos, save us. But it's not just about our salvation. When a ship is in distress out at sea, they send a what? An S.O.S., Save our ship. And in the Paraclesis service, interestingly, there are a lot of nautical references talking about her being our, the one that we turn to as a, as a safe harbor. Starting on August 1st, we've entered into the season of the Panagia. In Greece, it's called Panagia's Month. We started the Dormition Fast, which is in preparation for the great feast of the Dormition of the Panagia, which is on August 15th. And it's one of the greatest feasts of the church here. Truly one of the greatest. Only after Pascha and Christmas is it celebrated more greatly. We've heard of CNE Christians, I'm sure, here in America, those that come to church on Christmas and Easter. Sometimes we as Orthodox can become C&E and Sunday Christians. We come around for Christmas, for all of the things that happen around Pascha, and then we're good and faithful Christians on Sunday. But what we see in the life of the church is it's much greater than that. Just in the same way that we celebrate Christmas, we take time off, we spend time with our family, 
The same way that we celebrate Pascha, we take time off, we celebrate with our family. This is how we should be approaching the Dormition. It is truly a great feast in the church. And we should spend time to think, can I come to the services and celebrate this great feast and then spend the day with my family in celebration of the Panagia? Also in these first two weeks of August, we have been chanting the Paraklesis service every evening. The Paraklesis service, the word Paraklesis means supplication or intercession. So it's a service in which we ask the Panagia to intercede for us. And in, we, we chant this service most weeknights. We chant the great paraclesis and the small paraclesis. And both of these services were written in times of great need within the church. And so we have them now, and we pray them. And this is the one time of year in which we'll hear both of these services. In that paraclesis service we say, Deliver us all of your servants from dangers of Theotokos. Kind of begs the question, who are the servants of the Theotokos? Who are they? They're the ones who are at the service chanting that, right? These are the servants, the ones who are there singing these hymns, asking for her intercession. I was at summer camp a week and a half ago, or a week ago. And at summer camp uh, on the Wednesday evening, the older kids came into the chapel of the camp and we all sang the Paraclesis service together. Imagine that, about 60 or 70 teenagers, all of us singing all of the words of the Paraclesis together. This is a beautiful thing, and this is because they have been raised around this. They know these services, and they come, and when we have the service together, we can all sing together. The Paraclesis is indeed one of the most well-known and well-loved services within the church. But for many of us here, it's not well known. So that can be something that we can change. Because truly the Panagia desires to help us. She wants to intercede for us. She wants to be a good mother, talking to her son on our behalf. In one of the stanzas of the third ode, I'll read to you one of the, the hymns that we sing during the Paraclesis. And this really summarizes everything that we're doing in that service. It goes, With most serious ailments, and with the passion so dark, I am being tested, O Virgin. Come and bring help to me, for I have known of you that you are without fail the endless treasure of cures, only all blameless one. We all have times, and sometimes most of our life, where we're distinctly aware of our serious ailments, and of the passions that are so dark lurking within us. This is why we can turn to the Paraclesis service. Another story that I learned of while I was at summer camp, I was there with Father Jordan Brown. Some of you know Father Jordan. He used to be a priest here in Portland. And Father Jordan was saying how in uh, Colorado, where he is now, he works with the, the college students. They have like a college student ministry and young adults. And they get together regularly and have fellowship. And one of those young adults was an avid cyclist who would do triathlons. And one day when he was riding his bike down the road, a car struck him going 70 miles an hour. So he was in great danger. And he went immediately to the, the ICU and had many surgeries. And Father Jordan would go and visit him. And one time when he was going to visit him, 
He went down the hall, and as he's walking down the hall, he hears, Most holy Theotoko, save us. And he listens closely. He doesn't go up to the room, but he listens closely. And then he looks into the room, and he sees that those young adults that he had been with, they're all surrounding the bed, chanting the paraclesis service. And what uh, Father Jordan said at that time is he said, I knew that he would be okay. And sure enough, he came out of that. But what we see from that experience is that these young adults, they had that in their, their toolbox, if you will. They had that because they, they knew the paraclesis service. And so they could come together and sing this in this time of need. So my brothers and sisters, we have the service of the paraclesis as a powerful weapon in the spiritual life. It can become your weapon if you come to know it. In this season of the Panagia, I encourage you, come to the services. Every evening we have a service, virtually every evening. Come to the services, draw close to God's mother, and in doing so, you draw near to God. Because ultimately what we learn is God is generous. He doesn't just come to us directly. In fact, much of the time, He doesn't come to us directly. He comes to us through the people around us. And those people around us, most importantly, are his brothers and sisters and his mother. These are the ones through whom God speaks to us. We have a beautiful family that spans all the history of human creation. That beautiful family is one that we can come closer to, especially to God's mother. May we, through her intercessions, receive eternal life. Amen.